The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. I know being in Radio Holly that we talk a lot of music, but it's always good when we get to talk about probably one of the most important things there is in the world. Next to faith, next to and, family. And family. <laughs> there's, there's football. There, there is that. And, and who better to talk football than uh, somebody who's, who's played, yes. somebody who's a, a, a champion, and somebody who's willing to take uh, a couple of minutes and hang with us. And uh, Jordan Norwood, my friend, how are you? I'm doing great. Great. Thank you for having me. We like to ask the skill testing question because we never know where it's going to go. My friend, who are you and where did you come from? Awesome. Um, I am Jordan Norwood. I am a creative at heart. I am also a father and husband. I come from, that's a tough question for me. I was born in born in Hawaii, uh, but grew up all over the place. Um, ended up in high school in, in Pennsylvania, then went to Penn State University. Um, so kind of, you know, all over the place, Hawaii, and then mostly the East Coast. Um, but I, I'm in Denver, Colorado right now. You talk about growing up and you were all over the place. And I'm curious to know as to why was that a part of your childhood story? Uh, yeah, it's it's a big part of my childhood story. Um, so my, my father's a college football coach. He played at University of Hawaii. My mom is born and raised Hawaii. I'm black and Filipino. But yeah, so his professional journey took him from playing in Hawaii to playing briefly in the CFL, uh, then straight into coaching for, um, you know, the past 35 years now. So uh, that's been everywhere from University of Arizona to Penn State University, where I went down to Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas. So uh, we've been all over the place. We're talking coaching football, not coaching badminton. Yeah, th- on this occasion, <laughs> yes, we're talking about football. <laughs> so, Although I hear his dad has a mean serve when it comes to badminton. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he does. Just smashing those birdies. So is that where the love of football came? Because you grew up with it with, with dad being a part of it? Or did you find, similar to Faith, kind of your own journey with football? I mean, also a good question. I mean, I mean... I wouldn't even start, um, I don't know. I always had this re- weird relationship with the word love and football in the same sentence. Mm. Uh, first of all, um, you know, it's something that I was always, uh, interested in for sure. Um, also always good at in retrospect, I would say a lot of my success in football lent itself to, to things that I didn't realize I was learning being a, the child of a, you know, a college football coach. Um, mm. so that, so that's kind of the story. And when it comes to, did I always love football? It's, um, I don't know. It's one of those sports that people have a love hate relationship with. They love, uh, and even for myself, I love going out there on Sundays and competing, um, or a Saturday in college and competing in a game. But there's only 10 of those in a year or in the NFL, there's only 16 games in a year. That's a lot of other times to be out there on the field, mm. um, sweating and bleeding and, you know, getting injured. And that's where the hate part. <laughs> The hate part comes in, <laughs> comes in pretty quickly. Um, and you know, I mean, other, other sports, obviously there's a lot that goes into it too. Uh, but I, there's just something about football where there's, you know, there's not guys after they retire playing football going and, you know, playing pickup football every Saturday, unlike basketball where I'll go play a pickup basketball as much as I can. Hmm. Um, it's just, it's just an interesting sport. I think when we talk to pastors, kids, we talk about a pressure on being a pastor's kid. What about sure. when there's a, you're you have a football a football coach as a dad 
and then you are playing the game of football, is there a pressure? Is it helpful having him as a coach or is it a detriment because he's probably uh, more critical on you than maybe a regular dad would be? Super fair question. I, I think that in my particular case, um, it was a benefit uh, 100%. Um, you know, my, my dad was somebody um, who, first of all, led me to Jesus, um, but mm. also somebody that intentionally did not put pressure on me. Um, I played at Penn State while my dad was coaching at Penn State. Um, and he intentionally took himself out of the like recruiting process while I was in high school. Um, so he left it up to the other coaches on the staff to, you know, offer me a scholarship or not offer me a scholarship. Um, so it, it was kind of a, it was a very intentional dynamic with my dad, um, you know, kind of remaining, um, my dad and supporting oh. me in that way. Um, he coached at Penn State, but he didn't coach me specifically. He was a defensive coach and I was an offensive player. Um, so he wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have a whole lot of interaction other than me making him yell at his players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. And can I just drop in the Canadian connection here? Because I know we've got uh, <laughs> projectors who listen in the Calgary area and there's a connection there, too, isn't there? There, There's a connection. So my, my dad played uh, for the Stampeders very briefly. Um, so he left college, I think maybe 87 or so and went and played and made it only, you know, only a few months there actually before he was diagnosed with uh, diabetes and he decided to stop playing at that point and kind of get that under control. What I do love though, is that um, you, your dad was able to, you know, there's coach dad and there's dad, dad, but right. uh, one of the big things is that you had said that he had led you to faith. So was faith a big part of your family growing up? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it was it was a huge part of our family growing up. You know, it's something that for me, uh, growing up in, in the way that we did, bouncing around from, you know, elementary school to elementary school and middle school to middle school, you know, it was always something that I needed to lean on. Um, I was a shy person in school. Um, you know, I felt the pressure of making friends heavily when I would enter a new school. I was leaning on wholeheartedly at a at an early age, um, you know, trying to to find this identity and, you know, what that identity looked like in Christ um, is something that I was, um, you know, seeking to the point that, you know, my dad led me to Christ when I was 13 years old in a in a grocery store parking lot. Um, you know, while we were just having a great conversation. So um so yeah, a, a huge part of my my upbringing. How did your faith play into navigating then the career into the football world? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it played in, you know, a, a big role, um, you know, as, as far as my football career goes. It was something that even in high school, um, I was, you know, I was always a good football player, but I, I wasn't a highly recruited uh, football player. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of, you know, offers to go play at, um, you know, Alabama or, um, you know, this school or that school. So I, I was always kind of, you know, an underdog, I guess. And, you know, I had to make the most of, you know, small opportunities. And, you know, big picture, it's something that I always leaned on my faith with. You know, God, what do you have for me here? Um, you know, God, I don't feel like I'm good enough, but, you know, can you just show up? Because I need you to show up. And I, I mean, I specifically remember in high school, you know, I was a very undersized uh individual in high school, whether I was an athlete or not. I was just, a, you know, a small guy, a small fry. And, um, you know, I just remember 
you know, having a, a college football coach that was coaching at Penn State at the time pull me aside after um, after a football camp in the summer and say, Jordan, you need to know that you can play Division One football. You're good enough. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And it was that conversation that propelled me to, um, I mean, not even really have the confidence still, but propelled me to take the risk on myself and go play division one football. Um, you know, all the while I have a, a division one football head coach, I mean, assistant coach as a dad, um, that easily could have tell, told me the same thing and did tell mm-hmm. me the same thing. But, um, you know, it just hits a little different when it comes from anyone else other than, um, you know, other than your dad. So, um, so yeah, I mean, my faith and, you know, having people in my corner that, um, didn't necessarily have to be in my corner, but that support system was, um, you know, crucial for me. It, it's one thing to play uh, D1 ball. It's another thing then to make it into the NFL. You're you're good enough to play for Penn State. Did you think that you were good enough then to be able to get ready for Sundays? Not while I was entering Penn State. Um, it took me until, you know, I, I ended up playing as a, as a freshman at Penn State, um, but it wasn't until like my junior year probably that um, I actually saw a teammate leave school early to go to the NFL. So a junior teammate of mine left like foregoed his, um, his senior year and went to the NFL that I was like, wait a second. Like, okay. So (laughs) I guess I'm, I'm, yeah, this could actually like, I guess that's probably the next step for me. Um, you know, and, and that being said, I didn't end up getting drafted into the NFL. I ended up, um, you know, being an undrafted, um, free agent that uh, signed with the Cleveland Browns, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was just a, you know, a continual, a continual faith, faith journey for me, um, from, you know, not getting drafted to being cut and getting injured, all of those sorts of things, things play into my story. I'm curious though, with the things that played into your story and almost that element of disbelief, like, can I actually do this? Um, I grew up as a mixed kid and I'm curious to know, did that also impact your perception on, of yourself and the football world and how hmm. far you could actually go? That's a great question. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of things that did play into, um, my perception of myself and the world around me, you know, related to skin color and my skin color, you know, so, so growing up in Hawaii, um, you know, I mostly grew up around my Filipino fi- family, um, you know, bouncing around. I was in all white neighborhoods, all Mexican neighborhoods. Um, all black neighborhoods. So, so I, I kind of ran the gamut of, um, you know, being immersed in different cultures, um, and, and finding my, my place within, you know, those communities also, which was in, extremely beneficial. Um, you know, being able to build a respect for, um, people like period, um, you know, was, it was a huge part of my upbringing, um, unintentionally. So, um, so, so as far as, you know, kind of looking in the mirror and, you know, seeing limits on what I could do or who I could be because of my skin color, I didn't really have that, you know, immediate response to seeing that in myself. Um, but I definitely had to overcome that kind of chip away at that growing up, um, and being immersed in different communities and, um, you know, growing that love and respect for, for people, um, is, is definitely a part of my story. 
And then injuries as well. Let's talk injuries. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Nobody <laughs> ever wants to talk injuries, Holly. <laughs> no, I do. I, I had an ACL injury from soccer. Okay. So, Jordan, yeah. hold on one second. <laughs> Holly likes to find some sort of way that she can be like, we talked to somebody the other day yeah. about, you know, being in jail. And Holly's like, yeah, I could totally relate to it. And he's like, you were in jail? She's like, no, no, no. The, the struggle. You know, so now Holly's like, I had an ACL injury. Yeah. Like this is, this is her way of trying to make it like you guys are now like super close. Yeah. We're best friends. We've had injuries. (laughs) And, uh, although mine was, (laughs) there was no one around me. I just fell in the field myself. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, injuries are, they're, they're tough. No matter if if nobody is around or people are around. Um, it's more psychologically damaging. (laughs) Right. As long as it's not on camera and on YouTube or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely had my share. I also had an ACL and, um, my share of concussions and a sh- shoulder surgery. So, I mean, those, those have been, uh, definitely opportunities for me again to lean into my faith and, um, you know, lean, lean into my support system at those times and, um, you know, kind of figure out what what god has planned for me and all that i look at professional sports and i feel and we've had this conversation before it feels like football if there's a professional sport to have a faith football is that sport because you would see people gather around in the field and they're praying with one another something you don't necessarily see in basketball or in hockey or in baseball (laughs) did you find it easier to have a faith being a professional athlete? Maybe. Uh, I mean, there, there's definitely a faith community uh, in football. I mean, like you said, you, you see players uh, from both teams coming together and, and praying on the field. Um, you know, I mean, every team that I've ever been on, you know, there's, you know, the opportunity for Bible studies or, you know, a team chaplain. Um, you know, there, there's specific programming to feed our faith. Um, you know, maybe it's because they know that it's an important piece of, um, you know, success for, uh, for an athlete and maybe it's specifically football, you know, maybe there's something to the, the violence of the sport and the, um, you know, safety that, uh, is in question (laughs) with the sport that, that lends itself to prayer and, um, you know, and, and hope and, um, you know, needing a higher power to to have those traveling mercies and um, game day mercies o- over you. So I want to talk about un- unsung heroes. Uh, I mean, a friend of mine has a T-shirt that says kickers are football players, too. But I, there's also the return game. And in the return game, you look at you know, yourself or a Devin Hester or a Ted Ginn or a Joshua Cripps. There's there are so many moments, highlight real moments of return guys doing their thing. Do you think that you guys need more love? Because, I mean, theoretically, <laughs> games change because of you guys touching the ball. Well, first of all, it's an honor to be mentioned in a sentence with some of those guys, or all of those guys. Um, Josh Cribbs is somebody that I had the pleasure of playing with in Cleveland. Um, so one of my all-time personal favorites. But I don't. I, I think that for me, watching a game, watching kickoff and punt returns is one of the most exciting plays um, or has the potential to be the most sure. exciting. Um, you know, they've started to change some of the rules where that's less and less of a, um, you know, exciting play to watch anymore. So, uh, so at this point, kind of is the answer. I, d- I don't think that they're, uh, no. that they deserve more, 
um, because there, there's just not as many plays even happening anymore, especially kickoffs. I mean, they're mostly touchbacks or nobody's even trying to, to run them for a touchdown anymore. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe, I mean, specifically those guys that you mentioned, yes, I yeah. think they deserve, deserve, you know, more attention. And, um, I mean, Josh Cribbs specifically is the best football player that I've ever played with. Mm. period any position i mean first of all he could play any position on the football field um and there's not many people that could literally line up at about nine out of the 11 uh positions and and be successful so he's he specifically is somebody that deserves a lot more credit in my opinion what about life outside of football when it came to taking that moment where you're like i think it's time to move on to a, a new phase how supportive was the family your wife all of that. How was that transition for you? Well, first of all, I would say that I'm still transitioning. So I, I retired in 2017. You know, I think, you know, I just think that spending 30 plus years playing organized sports, um, it takes a little bit, a little bit more than, you know, a couple of years to, to transition out of that. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever not be transitioning, but uh, to answer your question, my, I mean, my family was incredibly supportive um, you know, maybe even beyond that, like actually celebratory that I was not playing anymore. Like uh, uh, specific. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Specifically, my wife and my mom, um, you know, were excited at the, the thought of me not playing football anymore. So yeah, that, I mean, that, that makes things, um, you know, a lot easier, uh, to have a supporting, uh, you know, cast that are wanting to see me succeed outside of playing football. Um, and, you know, helping me to do that um, also. So uh, it's been good. It's been great. I know that Holly's going to want to ask you uh, what your, your why me moment. And it's something that we find very special to ask each and every one of our guests. But before we get to that, I have two quick questions for you. Um, sure. Super Bowl champion, which is something that nobody can take away from you. What do you do with the Super Bowl ring or do you wear it all the time? <laughs> um, Hard I don't wear it all the time. Why not? That's a great question. I would. All the time. I would, but I, I would lose it. And I have lost it several times. I don't, I don't keep, I don't take good care of it, oh. um, but it's, it's on my to-do list. Okay. Lock and safe, better care. Mm-hmm. Um, so I usually, I usually wear it um, if there's a, an event or, um, you know, if I'm going somewhere where I know that there's, you know, individuals, usually kids that would be excited to, oh. uh, to see a Super Bowl ring and, um and all that so so it comes out probably 10 times a year i'm a big kid i just I would have bubble bubble baths with it the things that i would do with a super bowl ring that's awesome um the the other thing the other thing is is that uh, i mean you did uh you did retire uh you've been out of the game now for a few years can you still sit around and watch it can you still enjoy the love of football or does it bring you back to you want to be out there and you still want to be you know wearing the pads and the helmet on a sunday i can definitely watch it now um at this point uh to be honest probably the first two and a half years after after retiring i just i just thought that i was not going to be interested anymore ever in my mm-hmm. life in watching it uh, and I was fine with that. Like, I just, you know, I did that and wasn't really interested in watching um, at all. I didn't watch much at all. It wasn't, um, I didn't think there was any bitterness there. And I still don't think there was any bitterness there. 
I just wasn't interested, but I kind of gradually have gotten back into it, I guess. Um, part of it has been brought on by fantasy football and, mm. you know, that whole engagement of, you know, watching certain players and, and cheering for certain, certain players. So, um, so yeah, now it's, it's definitely more of a spectator, um, and fun deal for me and my family to do together. All right, let's dive into it. Your why me moment. Can you reflect on a standout why me moment in your own life? Absolutely. Um, I mean, and it kind of, you know, it's funny that we talked about ACLs a little bit, you know, as it relates to my football career and my life in general, a big why me moment. Uh, 2012, uh, I was playing football in Cleveland, got hurt that season and didn't play, you know, about 90% of that season I was on IR. And then in 2013 in Cleveland, I actually um, got cut and got cut for that entire season. So I was out of football. Um, so 2014, um, my agent like hooked me up with an opportunity basically to try out for the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at this point, this is year, you know, year six for me. But the last two years, I was basically out of football. So there's a lot riding on this opportunity. Like, is my career going to continue or am I, you know, not going to make this football team and, you know, that kind of be it. And, you know, I get to Denver and everything is going great. Uh, Peyton Manning is the quarterback. Training camp is going well. He's starting to pull me aside and say, hey, Jordan, you know, I want you to do some things this way. Uh, so in, in the back of my head, I'm like, if Peyton's pulling me aside, I'm about to make this football team. And then boom, I, I tear my ACL. So after two years of not being in football, um, you know, I get this, you know, very fortunate opportunity to be even in training camp uh, with the Denver Broncos and then start to, you know, find my way into the good graces of uh, the coaching staff and Peyton Manning. Um, and then I tear my ACL. So that that was definitely a why me moment. I think it was also a moment that God was preparing me for. You know, it was something that I actually did say, why me? Um but coming from a place of, you know, why me, God, what are you going to do with this? I cannot wait to see, um, you know, what's going to, what good is going to come of this. Um, so it was a, a place that I was, uh, fortunately mature in my faith is something that I was not probably the first two and a half years of my NFL career. I was not either mature or mature in my faith, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Um, so I do think it's something that God was preparing me for. You know, I, I was very confident that God was going to use this same ACL, uh, that injured me and took me out of football for a season. Uh, to stand, to literally stand up on and run on, uh, to do something. Um, and I, and I think, you know, the answer to that, why me, you know, came in, in winning a Super Bowl and, um, you know, and that giving me an opportunity then to, um, you know, have a, even an even, you know, higher platform to, um, you know, con confess God's grace and God's goodness for, um, you know, what he did for me in that why me moment. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely my, my why me that changed the trajectory of, um, you know, my fo football career, but more importantly, uh, my life and my platform to be able to share, um, you know, the good news of what God has done in my life. It's incredible because an injury can either take you out just physically or it can take you out physically and emotionally. Right. If you're not in the right headspace for that recovery. And so it's incredible that God prepared you for that moment to be like, okay, God's going to use this. Let's just yeah. be committed to the process. It's great. 
Uh, I mean, it was, was still very challenging, um, sure. <laughs> but but I was definitely prepared uh, spiritually, physically. And, you know, even through that process, process I met my wife um, mm. here in Denver. She was like the first person I met here in Denver. And when I tore my ACL, she was the only person I knew. Uh, so she actually drove, we were just dating at the time, but she drove me to my surgery and, and picked me up and, um, you know, helped me find an apartment. Um, I was living in a, in a hotel before, uh, before I t- tore my ACL because I didn't know if I was going to make the team. Um, so, so just a lot of, you know, life stories kind of intertwined, um, into, you know, this season ending injury, uh, that, you know, also could have been career ending. You talk about your your wife. You talk about being a father. Uh, how many little yeah. ones do you have? Uh, we have two. Uh, we have a seven year old and a five year old. Boys, girls. Uh, Franny is our uh, daughter. She's seven, and Isaiah, so one of each. Do you think that looking how you grew up and having a dad who's a coach and now you know former uh, professional athlete, Super Bowl champ? Um, an encourager to have your son or daughter play football? I'm pretty indifferent um, mm-hmm. on this on this specific sport. Um, I'm definitely an encourager of, um, you know, playing sports or, you know, being involved with music. My, my wife's a, a musician. Um, so I'm definitely an, encur- an encourager, uh, but it doesn't have to be football. <laughs> what now? What's what's on the, the table for the future? Yeah, so I'm at this point uh, an entrepreneur. Um, like I mentioned, you know, at the top of the show, I'm, I am a creative, uh, at heart. So my wife and I, uh, shoot photography together. Um, and then I've started a couple, a couple of businesses, one in the blockchain space, um, mm-hmm. web three, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, that whole deal. Um, and then another business, uh, or do some real estate. Um, and then also another business in the uh, holistic wellness. Uh, industry um, like CBD products from undrafted to Super Bowl champion at Jordan Norwood on the Insta J O R D A N O R W O O D Jordan, my friend, thank you for taking some time and sharing your heart today. Absolutely, I appreciate you having me. I think that just goes to show it doesn't matter where you start; it's how hard you work, and you know you go from you're a college football player to being undrafted to a lot of people will be like, well, I guess football is not my thing to he's like, no, I'm going to work hard yeah. and become Super Bowl champ. Yeah. Also, I found it fascinating that in a why me moment that I know for me was pretty dark having an injury, mm. but he was in a better mental headspace to navigate that. And I think that's a really great example of how if you can change your perception of where you are, you can weather the storm a lot easier And so I just thought that's so encouraging. You're in a bad situation. What benefits, what pros can you pull away? Because in every situation, no matter how Mm. terrible it feels, even if it's a mustard seed size, there is Mm. something that you can hold on to. Thank you to you for following us on all the socials, for downloading Apple Podcasts or Spotify. When it comes to the social media, though, Holly, we need uh, the reviews. We need the subscribes. We need the rates, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So please, if you were encouraged today, uh, make sure whatever podcast platform you're on, you give us a five-star rating and write a little review about something that you appreciated about the episode. And even on our socials, let us know what was your takeaway. And um, we'll let other people know about those takeaways, hopefully on Tuesdays. We'll share your takeaways, not ours. Don't forget, you can also check out uh, places like Edify and uh, faithstrongtoday.com. 
Yeah. <laughs>